Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, y'all. This is Hilda Bassi, and I was on Tea with Tea. Hello, hello, welcome to another brand new episode of Tea with Tea Pod, the only podcast that brings you tea as a day hot. And speaking about tea, this episode is proudly sponsored by Lipton, my face. Now, today my guest is someone who has put Nigeria on the map with her culinary skills. She's a media personality, an actress, and a very talented chef. Her name is Hilda Bassi. Please put your hands together for my guests. My princess had to introduce you. As <laughs> How are you doing now? I'm good. Finally, we're having a discussion. I'm telling you. Mm, how are you feeling today? I feel good though. It's been a good day. I've actually been in a good mood since morning. Like why? Why are you in a good mood? You know. <laughs> I don't want to talk about. I don't. I, I don't want to go there. But, yeah, but I probably know why you're in a good, good mood. We're, yeah. we're grateful. Welcome to TVT. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Before I said, I have to say I'm, I'm very proud of your journey because I mean, I I knew I knew you from way back and from way most, back when. From a while ago, when you had all these lofty dreams. Yep. And some of us were just like, ah, oh, you that don't start again. But <laughs> you finally got here. And it's not a lie. It's, it's something that we should be, we should clap for you for. Please put your hands together again for my guests. Yay. Okay, you know this podcast as it is, we go back to background. We need to check <laughs> who this person really is, why, right. she, why she the way she is. Right. So let's go back, 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 back. Who was Hilda? Who is Hilda before all of this? Before the cooking, if you if you sat with yourself and you looked in the mirror, yeah, how would you describe yourself? That's I feel like that's such an easy question, but it's such a difficult question yeah. to answer. But say Hilda is a very like she's a very ambitious young lady, you know, and it's almost like her ambitions are constantly growing as the day grows, and just as her success is like evolving, mm-hmm. so are her dreams constantly evolving as well. But you know, at heart. I'm still like a very simple, very playful, mm-hmm. you know, girl. I'm the second born girl um, of seven kids. Sounds like a lot. Your mom has seven. I used to be like, technically we're five. But then the, every time someone asks me, I'm like, technically we're five. But the last born's are triplets, so we're seven. Right. <laughs> yeah. You have triplets. That's so yeah. cute. Yeah. 
I have triplets, so there are two girls and a boy. Darren, Daniel, and Daniel and Daniela. So who's the first is a boy? The first is a boy, my elder brother Gilbert. Mm-hmm. A lot of people tend to think that he's my younger brother. That point now you Yeah, he's older. He's older than me by two like years. So I used sis. to be like, yeah, technically we're twins. Right. <laughs> you act like his big sis. I mean. I actually don't. So mm. I feel like a lot of people just assume that just because I feel like when you're the one that's out there, like everybody knows your name and things like that. They right. just feel like, oh, mm. people tend to attribute success to time and experience, which is which is fair. But in in our like families, like no, it's Gilbert, then there's me, mm-hmm. then there's Princess, then David, and then and the triplets. triplets. Oh, that's amazing. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so tell me about growing up. I'm, I'm very interested in what your um, childhood was like. Because also, I, I I saw videos of your mother. Yeah. And you know, she talked about cooking and everything that you guys, you know. And you also told me about some things that happened mm-hmm. to you. Growing up. Growing up. So um, I'd say my childhood was very, to, to the best of what I can remember. I was born in Calabar. Um, I was there till I was about four or five, until I was about five years old. When they had my kid sister, Princess, then we moved to Abuja to live with my uncle. Right. And my mom moved first. I think she couldn't stay. She stayed for a few months. She couldn't stay without us. So she came back and she took us to um, Abuja. She was doing her IT at the time. So she was doing her IT in Ministry of Defense. And eventually she put us in school. So we went to St. Aloysius um, International School, one school in Abuja. And, you know, it was that. She was still doing her IT. Then eventually I could just remember that I came back from school one day and I remember my mom making food in the night. And, you know, waking up early in the morning and making food and then she was taking it to her office. Obviously, now that I'm grown, like, I now know that it was that, you know, the food at the canteen wasn't very good. So she made food for herself and took it to work. And then a couple people tried her food and they were like, ah, the food is really good. Please bring for me tomorrow, that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. she brought a bit extra. And then people started asking, like, oh, can I order it? And that's how she's like, okay, let's make like 20 packs. Then she would take it to the office. And then 20 packs finished. She increased it to 50 packs. And over time, the demand became so much that she got like that. I don't know if you know those umbrellas that they used to sell recharge card. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she got like that umbrella for recharge card. So she was making about 100 packs. And then she would just put it there. She put a girl there to just help. So people were now coming across. While she was in IT. Yeah, in Ministry of Defense. So they would just come across the road to buy. Mm -hmm. And gradually... so. Opposite Ministry of Defense was this huge field. Not really a field, but like a parking space. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of like vendors. So they, it's like trampoline now, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Uka. Mm-hmm. I know. You know. So she now got like her own space too. Did her own trampoline. And then she started from jollof rice. She now added egusi soup. She now added rice and stew. And basically just from there, that was how mm-hmm. she started like her cooking business. And I remember that there were at least maybe 30 vendors at the time. And this is me trying to be safe, you know. And they kept coming to demolish those places because it was an illegal structure. Yes, you're you're yes, not supposed yes. to be there. Yeah. But some way, somehow, my mother was able to find her way to get into environmental, you know, speak to the um, environmental guys, now try to get a permit where from over 30 vendors, it was now just her. That was the legal and that was such a gold mine because in that space there was Ministry of Defense across, 
there was Chinese embassy, there was UNICEF, wow. you know, there was the American embassy. So it was like the embassy. And mm. you know how the embassies are? There's like a lot of guys, mm-hmm. girls, like trying to get their visas mm-hmm. and all that. So I remember having a lot of uncles and aunties that used to come and buy food and they would dash me Money. 50 naira, mm-hmm. 200. I, I I would help my mom out and I'll go, when I come back from school, I'll be like, oh, we have Gary Fufu Semos. It was such a thing. I remember even going to school one time and we're coming out for like an excursion. And me, what's my business? I told my school that, ah, my mommy sells food though, around this place. If we go, my mom will give all of us food. That's how our teacher drove us to... When I was in secondary school, yeah. um, I was in FGC Wibochi, yeah. my first secondary school. Mm-hmm. And we went there and my mommy literally fed everybody. Mm-hmm. And it was just a yeah. So that was pretty much my childhood. Just us, you know, there were so many kids. This called us cheaper by the dozen. I don't even know that movie. Yeah, yeah. Where there were so many the kids. kids. So that was how we were in my house. So my all seven of you lived with your mom? Yes. She all made sure that all of you lived. I mean, she didn't have the triplets. It was just, she didn't have oh, David time, even. Right. Like, I seen your David like 15 years. Oh. So, no, it was just me, Gilbert, Princess. And then there was Ugo, my, my, I call her my elder sister, but she's like my cousin. Then there was Becky Mama. So I have an auntie that is my age mate. So my, my technically, it's like my grandma and my mom were pregnant at the same ah! time. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, so it was all of us. My uncle, then some of my uncles, like um, younger siblings as well. All Kalu, of all of us. You know, the you know that's and familiar. This was a three-bedroom apartment. Yeah. You know, all those houses that they give, like, Ministry of, like, mm-hmm. all these directors, I mean, what they mm-hmm. call them. That was where we were staying. But we, we had the best time. So, yeah. I, obviously, I had other kids around. We used to get up to different kinds of mm-hmm. mischief. I, so, I'll say I had a good childhood. Honestly, I actually did. So, cooking for you started early? Yeah. With your mom? That, you, yes. you enjoyed cooking with your mom? No. Eh? <laughs> I did not enjoy cooking with my mom. No. So, it wasn't a passion from... It wasn't a passion from... If I tell you that that's me trying to cook up his stories, that's a lie. Really? You know, it was, it was something that I watched my mom do. Then... I started trying it out. Obviously, they'll drag you to the kitchen mm. when they want to cook. They've mm. gone to market. So, come and do this. Mm. Come and do that. But I remember when I started getting more interested in cooking was I made spaghetti. And then the reviews on the spaghetti was so good. How old were you then? I think I was like eight. Eight? Yeah, maybe like eight, six or eight. One of the two. So, this was the talent eight. that you had but you didn't want to explore yeah. because... So I'm I cooking mean, this workshop. Yeah, so I made spaghetti and everybody really likes it. I remember when we now travel to Calabar because we used to go to Calabar every Christmas because mm-hmm. then my dad stayed, stays in Calabar. So mm-hmm. when we go to Calabar, my mom now called me to come and make that spaghetti for like Auntie Lizzie <laughs> and you know, so to show say I was, yeah, I was feeling myself. So I, I feel like maybe I liked the attention. Yes. You know, that sort of came and it's so weird that Yes, they said. I think you've always liked the that came with people eating your food yes. for, for the longest time. You enjoyed feeding people. Yes, I actually, I actually do. Mm-hmm. I did and I still do. Yeah. So, yeah. So, let's talk about your dad. Why, why did you have to live with just your mom? Mm, honestly, I would say it was the quest for a better life. Right. Obviously, my dad had like some jobs that he was doing in mm-hmm. Calabar. But... We were not buoyant at all. I, I mean, I, I can't remember these things, but my mom tells me right. that we weren't, we weren't rich. We weren't even average. We were struggling. 
And then my uncle came. My uncle was living in... Um, my uncle, this is like my grandma's brother. He's late now. God rest his soul. You know, he came to Calabar. I saw my mom and I told my mom that, oh, she can come to Lagos to, do her, to Abuja to do her IT. And maybe she can, you know, get a bit more money from there. So she can be making some mm-hmm. small money for herself, yes. for the kids. Mm-hmm. And then my mom went to Abuja, but she couldn't stay. Like, she couldn't stay without her children. Right. So I think she came back and had a conversation with my dad. and was like, let me just take them. That way they can even go to good schools. And mm-hmm. my mother was so intentional mm-hmm. about, like, us. So she wanted us to go to good schools. She had these very big dreams for us. So she felt like us coming to Abuja was definitely going to help those dreams come true. Mm-hmm. So she came back and then she picked us and took us to um, Abuja. But I feel like maybe the caveat there was that every December we had to come yes. back yes. to Calabar. So I remember every December always going back mm-hmm. and to see my dad. I remember mm-hmm. this one December that we went back and he got us, like we all had bicycles. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So it was really, it was really cool. So yeah. So like your mom decided to move to Abuja to raise you guys. How, that must have been difficult because a single mom. Yeah. Three kids. It was it was it was very difficult. Yeah. And my mom is not even she wouldn't just want to take us. She wants to take us, maybe one of my daddy's sisters or one of her siblings. So it wasn't even just us. It yeah. was like us. Then Uncle Samuel came. Uncle Samuel is late now, God rest his mm. soul. Uncle Samuel came, and Sikwa came. So there was still like there was just more people mm-hmm. coming. You know, and it was that, but it wasn't easy. I remember I was moving out of my uncle's place to one one um apartment, like a one room apartment, mm-hmm. and I think she wasn't comfortable with how we're living there. Yeah. So she took us back to my uncle's place, and then started trying to save up to get like a bigger house, mm. and then she did, and then we now moved to like our own house that we're not staying with my uncle anymore. So yeah. But like. You know, things started looking up when the cooking business started, right? For my mom, yes. It's yeah. almost like we have the same story, yeah. you know, but there are just a few, like, differences, differences here yeah. and there. So, like, so so this is your mom who moved to Abuja, started at IT, trying to get her kids to go to good schools. All of a sudden, this break opens up, she starts cooking. Yes. And, and the she was business was thriving. a lot of money. Wow. She was making... My brother went to Ibinidio. Okay, that was yeah. a lot of money then. I went to Federal Government College, Rubochi. It wasn't going well. I, I was I kept falling sick. Mm. Then she took me to Oasis International College. Mm-hmm. I was there up until the time that, that my auntie that happens to be my age mate was mm-hmm. also going to be going into SS2. And my mom is like, oh, she doesn't think it would be fair if I was in a private school. And she was like in a government school. So what she did was now take me out of the private school mm-hmm. and because she couldn't afford to put us both there. Mm-hmm. So she now put both of us in Federal Government Girls College, Abaji, Abuja. Mm-hmm. So that was where we finished from. And that was what sort of took me out. But And then my kid, sis, my kid sister went to, oh, I can't remember her, her primary school, but it was some expensive you know, mm-hmm. primary school. And my mother was pretty much like paying for all that. You know, I remember my dad did contributed a bit mm-hmm. because again in terms of like finances my dad wasn't doing as well as my mom at the time mm-hmm. but I do remember him like with every money he was making with everything like he would he would struggle to be like the best staff at the time and um he would I think at the time he was working in mobile so he was a driver in mobile mm-hmm. And I think when they did like their end of year, whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. maybe like appraisal or whatever, mm-hmm. there was always like this place that they had provisions and things like that. So my dad would, would get that award, go and pick as many nice fancy provisions as he could and he would send, send it to it, us. Yeah. 
in Abuja and they would bring it to me in school. So I had like really, so it was so weird because my mommy was very extra. You would think that my parents were rich. Not rich, but you would think my parents were doing better than they were. Because my mom would go into a store and buy the nicest bag for me. Maybe Mm. the bag with all the glitters. Mm She would buy me different shoes. Mm. She used to always bring new clothes for me to mm. try on during visiting days. Like, she was very intentional. Yeah. I don't remember... She didn't let you guys feel whatever oh, was happening at the time. at all. Like, when we go for parties, we're the best mm-hmm. Like, her children had to... For her, it was almost like her children were a reflection of her. So, yes. she it's however she wanted people to see her. that she So, she invested heavily. But I know that she was a smart child. Did you know what was really going on? No. No. So she masked everything for you. Yes, guys. she, you know, yeah. So it didn't see. So again, I feel like my mommy was very. It didn't feel like a struggle. It didn't feel, especially when my mommy started her food business. Right. She was very content in a way. So mm-hmm. it didn't feel like we were struggling or we were suffering. It was maybe when I got older that I would know that my mom had money problems here and yeah. there. Like some of these big dreams of sending us to these expensive schools used to take it sacrifice, yeah. But at the time, no, I didn't feel it. I didn't, no, I didn't think about it. Because trust me, they were not missing my visiting days, my provision. Bills were sorted. At least people that went to Abadji, they can remember that. Mm. Me and Becky, I don't I don't remember anybody's provision being more than ours, like mm. to the best of my knowledge, right. just because my mother was, she would buy cartons of everything. She was very... She works so Yeah, hard. she, yeah. So all her money she spent on her children, not on herself. She reminds me of my grandma. That's amazing. But like, I'm I'm thinking, what did she go to any school for you to, for you to be able to cook that good? Yeah. Because I I stumbled on her on her Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, like it about to cook anything. Do this. <laughs> yeah, rude. Anything. Where she where are you gonna see the turning? Eh. The way she mix up. I said, ah, this woman it's is going. angry. She's like, did she learn to cook somewhere? Did you? Not really. Honestly. It's just talent. Yeah. Yeah, your mama they cook. That Instagram page, I saw that Instagram page. She's good. The food is in your face like this, yes. and it looks and it so looks good. good. I learned that from my mom. Like the food has to look good. You know, it's so intentional. She yes, my, I've, I remember vividly that my mom tossed an entire pot of edikaikon when she was in the restaurant because is that they didn't cut it well, or they put a little bit too much seasoning. Mm. One of those two, or salt. It was salt. They put too much salt. It wasn't overly salty, but it was like borderline salty. So it's like, if you don't like salt and you eat that thing, you'll be like, ah, this ain't salty. Let me say, no, she's not going to serve this to her customers. She tossed it and made it fresh, but I, I cannot forget that particular memory. Yeah. So you guys were well-fed kids. Like, imagine your mom owning yes. a restaurant. You know, let's just say, your mama get restaurant most fat. Because my mother fried meat fish you put off your mouth. Fried fish you put off no your mouth. No joke. See, my mother, maybe it has to do with her own upbringing. Mm-hmm. But to her, having a fat kid was like, yes. you're taking care of your kids. So when what we go it? to school, my mommy has like ways that she can make you fat. Like she has recipes. If she sold it today, it will, it will go. So when we come back from school, like I remember when I was mm. with Bochi, when I came back, I was very skinny. My mommy will mix mortar milk with egg. <laughs> she will now mix ugu water ugu with Ugu water, my sister. For, you know, for blood. Yes, for blood. She will now give us noodles mm. with, with vegetable, with egg, with chicken. You you must eat. Yes, yes. You must, what? You'll be healthy. A healthy child must be like, robust. Like, you must be. Then when you, we now got older, 
And you're now big. She was not so. Oh. You're getting too fast. I said, you have foot on. <laughs> now you start up. <laughs> now you start up. My mommy, you're not feeding me, please. That's amazing. So tell me, what kind of person were you in secondary school? Because thinking about you now, and yeah. I'm embarrassed of, I'm, like, I'm literally embarrassed for the person I was. Just tell me about that girl. Who was that girl? I Who was, was Hilda from secondary school? I wouldn't say I was timid, but I was very not so aware of who I was. Yeah. So I, I was the kind of kid that, and this is me being honest, you know. I used to crave some form of acceptance, you know. So I was that girl that wanted to be friends, yeah. you know. I wanted to have to like, loved. yeah. I felt like I sort of needed that like validation, validation. you know. So why was that? I don't know. Maybe daddy issues, yeah. you know. Same here, Maybe, my friend. Yeah. So it was, it was that. Mm. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like I've, I've gone past that now. But I remember mm. this one time. When I was in primary school and we're graduating from primary school, mm-hmm. and my auntie Becky had come to, um, had come to um, Abuja to now live with us, yeah. and I can't remember what it was that day, but something had happened, and I think they were blaming her or something, and I was like, just leave the poor girl alone, and this is me feeling like, oh, I'm my I'm friend. in this good school, so I I'm like I this saying poor girl doesn't mean she's poor. poor it yeah. just means you got like you guys are picking on her leave mm-hmm. her alone and I remember that being taken out of context and I was severely attacked by Becky at home not oh, Becky right. it was like my grandma so I remember for the longest time where I felt like my grandma did not like, like me yeah. and mm-hmm. it's still like I mm-hmm. started eating onions because one day my grandma was saying that, oh, onions is good for the eyes. And I remember in my, in my small mind thinking that if I ate enough onions, like my me. grandma would like me. <gasps> so that's, I'm just basically just trying to give you like mm. an instance yeah. to how my brain works. Obviously, yeah. that wasn't true because no, she's my grandma. Of course, she loves me. But to be me. fair to us as kids, and, and this is the same thing I tell my, my people, that, you know, as children, these are our formative years. Like the mm-hmm. things that you do to us always stick. It, so it does. for me, I was raised by my granny. She did her best to show me that you are loved, though. But you know that thing where, on like when you're with your father and your mother, and there's that familiar thing where they're constantly reminding you how welcomed you are, how important you are to them. I don't think I ever got that. I think yeah. that that's why I said I didn't Jesus a lot because yeah. I feel like I needed that level of validation that would make me feel very secure. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I just never really got that from. My granny had some money. We went to good schools. But, you know, I, I think I had a lot of daddy issues that made yeah. me just feel like I needed an you extra. You needed, like, external validation. So I, I feel would like... go out of my way to do things for people even when I didn't feel like, you, you know... know I'm only and my... let people get away with my so sister. much. You can walk, you can walk over, all over me before. Like, I would just let it go. Even up until now, like, it's still... I'm just learning to say no. Like, Bruh, I am just learning to say... Not, and even when I say me. no, I still feel so bad. Bad, but I'm just like, like when I say no, I'd literally tell, like, I'll tell my friend that, or I'll tell my man, I'll be like, I practiced an act of self care today. Yes, I said no to something that I don't, yes. I wasn't happy with. Yes, and it, it's so, I feel like it's so profound because mm. it's, it, I used to say that it was an entire journey just going from secondary school. Because again, mm-hmm. I'll just shrug that off to being young, mm-hmm. being naive. Mm-hmm. And when I got into the university, I started getting better. I started you know, spending a bit more time with myself. But even then, you know, there was still this 
friend of mine that used to trigger this certain like memories of me where when we have an argument, she'd just be like, oh, don't ever talk to me, mm. you know? And things like, and for me, that's such a red flag. Now, if you try that rubbish with me, I'm off. I've blocked you. Like, I won't mm. block you, but like, I'm done. I'm mm. not doing that with mm. you because it just, it, I feel like they were just maybe their triggers from yeah, my for, childhood yes, that yes. I probably can't remember, but yeah. just make that feel really weird for me. You know, but it's, it's also like a rejection thing. Like, it's like, when I get rejected, it, it kills me. Yes. It's like, you don't want to, like, if you reject me, <laughs> I will shut down. I will run to like I will run to my naughty corner. Like I will be a different yeah. person. And and it's 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 that lack of validation that I I needed or that validation that I needed in the beginning that I didn't get. So now I feel like it played it to my in my my adulthood. So with my friends, like I don't want you guys to I don't want to hurt you guys. So you guys can always be with by my side. But then there's some bad behavior that you condone because... Yeah. Yeah. That. I, there's, so I think for me, what I realized was that I started understanding who I was. I started owning it because it was so important for me to stay modest. I'm kind of still like that, to yeah. be honest. But like, I stay modest outwardly, but in like inwardly, it's like I still tell myself that, oh no, you're a decent human being, mm. you know? Like, anyone that has you is really lucky to have you. Oh, my friend. You get so... That's not a worker yourself. Yeah. So, I made a conscious effort to now... I was I was more um, receptive than I was, like, proactive. So, it's like, mm. I wouldn't initiate a friendship. It's not me. Like, yes. you, ha- you have to, like, be the one to make the move yes. to be my friend. My friend. But then when you're my friend, I, I pay attention to the kind of person you are. If I feel like, oh, there's love here, mm-hmm. then I would I would allow yeah. myself to flourish. I make friends easily. Me too, you know. So, you know that thing where they used to say, choose your friends, don't allow your friends to choose you. Technically, in my, in my, in my case, mm. I would not necessarily say, I choose my friends, but I don't walk into a room and be like, I want to be friends with this person. No, it's like, I'm in this room. Whoever. A bunch of you notice me. Mm-hmm. Some of you like me. Some of you gravitate towards me then I decide who mm. I'm going to give my attention to. I feel like because of how I was raised, it takes me a while to be... And vul- friendship is really vulnerability. Yes, it's, it's the true. That's what keeps you... But that's what actually like, yes. bonds you guys. It's saying that I choose you and you choose me. Mm-hmm. But for me to get to that place where I'm extremely vulnerable, I've had to cross different layers with two several seas. Like, I'm just like, that's my guy. <laughs> It takes a while. So, like, if you have to count your friends, like you say, your I don't close have friends off the top of your hand, like top of your head. You don't have to say it. Out, <laughs> don't put say. me on the spot. Just say it. I don't. I know that they will not come. You know, this thing. Excluding family. I know my family safe. So just like your friends, like, oh, okay. how many? By the time I leave this podcast, I'll go and count more. But I think they they not complete these ten fingers. So let me give you context, right? Yeah. I started separating acquaintances from my friends. My friends are my safe space. Acquaintances, we, I'm, I'm a perfect Libra. I can shape shift. Once oh, I get into a space, right, I can bond with everybody but not deeply connect. And after I leave there, yeah, I'm kind of similar to like. But my real guys, now I know me when they when they reach yeah. out to my friend. I saw it happened to do <laughs> outside. I'm I still have the same personality, but it's you cannot. For me to be vulnerable with you it means that. Yeah. Ha. Uh, because I hate to finish. That's another problem. 
Oh, I'm so my like, friend. If you see me finish, I I rather would never meet. Like, see, I feel like that's the easiest way to lose me. Mm. Just see finish. Just see finish. No, I'm off. If I like you enough, I will remove myself, but still allow access. Yeah. yeah. But like yeah. when I know that, okay, this and I, I think in a way, what I would say is sometimes it's not necessarily about you. That's what I've come to understand. Mm-hmm. That is more about when people sort of idolize you. Mm-hmm. So imagine someone saying, Oh, I really want to be friends with you. And then they are successful and they become friends with you. Like you said, friendship, what sort of makes friendship a lot more solid is vulnerability. So it means I'm telling you things about myself. Mm -hmm. I'm a bit more open. I'm more expressive with you. So things that I wouldn't admit to other people, I'd admit to you. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens with these people that, you know, some some set, like certain personalities is because they've idolized you the minute they now humanize you because they now see like you for the human you that, that you, you are, are. they demystify you yes they no longer mm-hmm. sort of value that idol yeah. that they saw before yeah and because the minute i realized that that's how like humans can be i made a conscious effort to know that you know it's important to not idolize anybody mm-hmm. just so that you can see them for the humans that they are and you can continue to treat them with the same love and respect and regard that they deserve, mm. you know, to be treated with. But it takes, in truth, it actually takes a lot of self-reflection and just like self-awareness to get to that point where you can be honest about things like that. So in a way, as much as I have certain like um, iffy moments from like my childhood, I honestly appreciate that because I feel like it's what it's those things and those experiences that has made me the kind of person I am today. Mm. And I I really like the person I am. Like I actually like I like myself. Like when I think of myself, I actually really like myself. It's a powerful place to be. Yeah, you so brilliant. <laughs> I know see you smart, but you don't see you smart like this. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean. Wait, 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 wait. Let's yeah. talk about daddy issues. I need to talk about daddy issues. <laughs> oh my I God. have daddy issues. You have daddy issues. Oh yeah. Let's talk about it. You know. Yeah. So. But guess what? For the longest time, I didn't realize how much how. That I was dealing with daddy issues. Oh, me, I knew I was well aware. I mean, I studied sociology and for the first three years, you have to do like a bit of intensive psychology when mm-hmm. you do that. So and when you start to read, like my brother mm-hmm. is a big reader. So he's like pushing you to like expand your mind, understand yourself, you know, and things like that. So the more you do that, the more you read, the more you understand like mm-hmm. things about yourself. And so I knew that. that no, there were some reactions I that, that I, I had to think. I'm just like, ah. Oh. These not daddy issues. So, you know, I used to, I used to, there's, first of all, my friends were always older than me. And I realized that I, I, I bonded more with those friends because I needed some sort of mature, what's the word? The things that I missed in my, with my father, I wanted them, that in those friends. Yeah. And I realized that I would not, I could even make friends with my mates. I wanted, to, even with relationships, I probably was interested in people older than me. Yeah. You know, just to feel that level of security. I think that's that's actually very like very relatable. For me, I would say I would say one of the biggest things with my daddy issues is more abandonment. You know, I d- so in, if I was to classify the kind of daddy issues that I have, and what did you put inside this? Please, I had that. I feel like I'm okay, so too much. if I'm going to talk like this, no, this is TV tape, but this is what happens here. The Holy Spirit is here. It's good to release all the things that you're holding back. People are you laughing. The Holy prayed. Spirit is here. Anyway, 
I think I have both daddy and mommy issues. If it's abandonment, that's my... Let's just bond over our trauma. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so for me, I w- again, I really love my mom just because, you know, I feel like having her pretty much... I don't know the way I soothe a lot mm. of these issues. But yes. for me, my daddy issues stems a lot from like abandonment. Yes. Yes. And obviously, my dad didn't abandon me from the outset. It wasn't that. It was, I, I feel like my dad was present to an extent, at least to the best of my memory, to like how I can remember us. Right. My dad was present. My dad tried like what he could. But when he came down to it, and you know where they say parents have issues, like when the elephants are fighting at the, the ground, the it's suffering. So I feel like we, the kids, were the ground mm-hmm. that suffered when the elephants were fighting. Yeah. You know, so it was, if it was very much more they had issues and then we were collateral damage from my dad. And I feel like why it's so profound for me is more the fact that I was already in like my 300 level second semester. So if you're to think about the stress that comes with having a child is training them through primary school, secondary Mm -hmm. school, university. And then once they get out of it, if you can't afford to send them to their masters, it's like, go and start making money for yourself. So in my opinion is that we were pretty much already, like at least my brother and I, we're very much almost out of that that phase where we're constantly asking for money or mm-hmm. anything like that. And my dad is like, oh, I disown you, that kind of thing. So I, I pretty much still remember the conversation where I was calling my dad because I think it was matric, matriculation. Mm-hmm. So it was probably first semester or second semester. I was matric and I was calling my dad and I'm like, do you not bring food for me, this matric, you know? Mm-hmm. And then his response to me is, who's your dad? You know? <sighs> I don't know why I'm speaking funny, but people will collect it like that. <laughs> but he was like, who's your dad? You know, and I'm like... Uh, did anything happen before then? So that was when it sort of dawned on me that there was issues, like the way they both. were having issues. Right. And then obviously years later, my brother is telling me that he had called my dad and said, whatever issues you're having, let's you not know, affect the kids. Because obviously it's older, older yeah. smarter, yeah. you know. And I just remember like just going on from that time mm. and... Just as time went on, it just, got used it just started to dawn on me that, oh, this this man is serious. So, like, okay, this so is not a joke. By, mat- by your matric, you got into uni. No, no, no. This was a, this is not my own matriculation. I mean, 300 level. Right. You get so, But it's matric. So, parents were allowed to come yeah. into school. I couldn't imagine now. So, so, before then, he had never come to school. He had never reached... He had come for my, my own matriculation. My daddy was in my school with Ghana must go on his head. It's like Afang soup and stew. That he brought for so me you, on you, matric day. You at that level can understand. Where, so it's like what the for me, is. it's like you know how you feel like oh you're so loved that's you know. Then one day I di- I I didn't have like the not just me again I have siblings mm-hmm. me Gilbert Princess we didn't have like the nu- you know when they taught us in school nuclear and extended family yeah. we did not have the nuclear family father mother and yes, children it yes, was my yes. my childhood was never me like too. that. Mm-hmm. But I knew like I had a dad he was you had people he, around he, he was there he tried you know he was. You know, he made the efforts that mm-hmm. he could. Again, mm-hmm. I cannot speak to the issues he had with my mom because mm-hmm. I was not advanced enough to even have those kinds of conversations. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like what's m- most important to me is that I'm your child. Yes. Not me. We are your children. Act right by us. Yeah. Right? Like, so for me, it's like, so I, I said, I didn't say that, but years later, I'm like, oh, I feel like a few years has passed, you know. So in my opinion, I kind of feel like what my dad was hoping for was that in this period, we were going to come forth and maybe 
find him, you know, like, you're like, mm. oh no, this is, this, this, this. but again, the way he had gone about it mm. at the time, he was, he was very mean, you know, yeah. about it. And then even after that, I feel like when you've been mean, because I feel like if I'm even, I don't have it in me to be mean, but in an event that I am, mm-hmm. I would think about it and be like, oh, just because I was mean, even if I had a point, mm-hmm. maybe I should reach out to this person, yes. which is why I'm not so quick to speak down on people mm-hmm. or talk bad to people just because I remember how it, it feels. feels. Yeah. So I don't want anybody to have that thing. I don't want to be the reason why somebody has trauma. Yes. You know, so I'm very yes. careful. Yeah. Even with my staff, you yeah. know, I'm very careful. Yeah. You know, so for me, it was just after that, I just felt like, you know, time has passed, you know. Mm-hmm. I, don't you miss me? Yeah. So I started telling myself that I need to make it. If I make it hard enough. He will love. If I blow well enough. This man will come around. Exactly. I think that's what happened to me too. Like, you see, it now becomes Did a they come fraud. Around? Huh? Did they come around? So my own case, I didn't, this is the first time I'm talking about it, right? My dad and mom were teenage lovers. So they had me early. So my granny had to raise me. But it was just a thing where <clears throat> my dad tried at some point, though, but the only time that he that I that he chose me, somebody got in the way. His, like, his like, wife, his oh, new wife. Shit. And this is going to go viral. I don't know. She's going to see it. But for, I felt rejection in the highest level. I felt that my dad chose his wife over, over me. You. And has chosen her till today. And his new family. So for me, I think I got for that. You know, so when all of that happened, and I was 13, 14, right? So I felt like from that moment till now, I've been on bad foil. You know what bad foil is? Bad foil is when the reason why you're trying to be successful is not because, oh, this says so much. There's passion there. You love this, what you do. But you're trying to prove something that, you know, maybe when I get these things, I'll become adequate enough to be seen by them. Yeah. But when I got here, I realized that, oh, there's so much damage that had been done, but... Like, you know, it's too bad. It's too bad. And, and I just, that's why I started doing a lot of Jesus again. I'm like, God, please, you have to heal me so that uh, my foil is not... You cannot be using kerosene inside, uh, inside he locks. Yeah. Please, you have to let me be using petrol like you yeah. know so I feel that's that I only started engaging the reality of that what that did to me mm. so for me I, I started looking for people that would accept me and I also thought that my you know my granny I don't know if it feels like interviewing me now but <clears throat> my granny did the most she could mm-hmm. I keep saying that my granny if, if it wasn't for my granny I don't think I would be here my granny did the most she could but she was a grandma of multiple grandchildren. Mm. She just had money, but we're lucky that she had enough money to send us to the good schools. But you see that thing where you, the formative years of your child's life, you are there, you are present, you know. Yeah. Like, imagine him calling you and saying, who's your dad? Maybe as adults, we could have dealt with it better, but you were younger. Yeah. Like, so, it adds something in your system, like, of course. you understand? So, right. I think for me, that was, that was my only issue. Yeah, and, yeah, <laughs> I have daddy issues. <laughs> I mean, you know, so I feel like for me, like I'll say maybe Jesus has been in me since then. You know, yeah. Jesus is our only father. Cause, yeah, because my anger, like again, just because I'm older, mm-hmm. you can't necessarily, like they say, you can't beat somebody and tell them not to cry. Yes. And I've come to realize and understand that men, because they're they are trained to hold a lot of things in and, you know, just be strong and things like that. He he was struggling as well. Yeah. So is that 
when it now comes down to it, their reaction might be so extreme and so explosive mm -hmm. just because they've not been given, you know, the liberty to express how they feel. Yes. So yes. when I look at my mom, I see her hurt as well because, again, I feel like for her, she had carried a lot of burden. baggage and yeah. burden from before. Like, he wasn't, again, I can re relate to him as my dad, but I can't speak to him as her husband. Do you understand? So it's not even in my place to say, mm -hmm. oh, who is who is at fault, fault and yeah. who is not mm -hmm. at fault? Because mm -hmm. you'd actually never know. Does she, Every, to, does she talk to you about it? Once in a while, she does. Once in a while, but you know, like it's not necessarily something that she's excited about yes. and things yes. like that. Nobody wants to not be married, you know, with kids, mm -hmm. and nobody. Wa I don't think anybody and wants being that. a single mom is probably the hardest. Thing. I don't think the, single moms really talk about hard. how hard it is to dealing with female and male children. Yes. Girls who grow up and have their boys, mm. boy, boy love stages yes. and just, you know, things like that. So I feel like my mom has tried. And again, she held on to us even when it was the most difficult yes. she did. It must have also affected her dating. Of she was of younger. Of course it did. Yeah, because I think this happened. My mom was probably in her, in her 30s or something. So she probably wants to go on or dates in her with early men. 40s. Yeah, so it's like... But she can't. But I'm telling you that my mother did not buy gold for herself. The first gold that my mother owned, I gave it to her. And this was, this woman made money. Yeah. But every single time she made money, I watched her excitement to go into the store and buy new clothes for mm -hmm. us. And buy, you know, my first Brazilian hair is my mommy that Yeah? Was. Yes. Uh, you say mom is my, my first laptop. My mom is that kind of person that's just like, oh, they have it. It's me. I don't have. Oh, my mom is a lie. You cannot oh, what? Bless her. You you have it. I I'm here. Don't worry. Mm. She would tell me I'm working for you. Mm. So my mother was that kind of mother. Mm. She was very intentional. Mm. But as much as I appreciate every single thing that she did, mm -hmm. I could also see that my dad, with every single means that he had, tried to contribute the best that he possibly could. Right. You know, so I cannot forget that just because things happened. Things happened. Right. Again, I bless Jesus because I feel like, if not for Jesus, maybe I wouldn't see from this perspective yes. because I feel like years have passed. Mm. I've tried to reach out. I, I have tried. Like, what happened? Times. He just gave me grief. Wait, <laughs> you know? Is he still hooked on that? I swear to God. What and could I have cannot, hurt him I, so I, bad? I don't get it. I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not the reason for this. Does he have can I know my offense? You know, it's like, can Linda, I know my offense? So it's just, it's just not Is that. Is he married so now? Does he have other kids? Is he? No, and it feels like it, it makes it hurt even more. But if you you don't have new family, but because you still don't it's want just to... like, guy, you don't have like. Mm. How about you know? Like I've called my dad one time, and you know, I'd called him. I was, I, I made a conscious effort to call him like every other day, and every time he picks, it wasn't great. Sometimes I'll ask, how are you? Can I send you money? You know, maybe maybe that won't work. After the cookathon, I'm telling you that after the cookathon, I actually tried. I tried. You know, I'm and so it, sorry. Didn't, it didn't go so great. I feel like it's probably hurt by, you know, sometimes we don't even understand how men process their own feelings. It probably is hurt that, you know, the children took their mom's side. That, see... I don't. You don't even know the story, but you sort no, of because I've the almost, nail I'm on a, the head. I'm from brokenness. But too. I kind of <laughs> feel like that's where, like, which is why for me, forgiveness is so important to yes, me. Yes. Where I know that maybe I can forgive you and not be in the same like 
not want the same kind of relationship with you. Yeah. But I know that I don't have you in mind. Do mm. you understand? You know, so for like, my dad is like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, why? Yeah. You know, I feel like we're trying. Like, mm. when I think about my, my mom is really blessed. Mm -hmm. We're actually children that you can be proud of. Yes. You're not, mm. we're not children that mm. you mention and then mm. you want to hide your face. Yes. So yes. like, why? But sometimes you know? it's not even about also the, you or now because even now that I'm who I am, I'm, my my own story, my own is different from yours. So, but I'm just saying that you know, his, his decision might just be very internal. It's, it's his own perspective. Sometimes like, I say maybe I never blew rich. No, no. So <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah, Hilda, I need to do this. More. Is the problem? This is this this is the bad fall I'm talking about. Yeah. We want to do things to make us feel like we can now earn their love. But yeah. it's, it's never going to be the case. I mean, I feel like I'm past that now. You yeah. know, like I'm past, you know, sort of the desire to make it just so that, you mm. know, I feel... Can be seen. Yeah, I can be seen, you know, because my mother sees me, trust me. No, obviously. My, she sees me. She actually does. Do you know what is so interesting? And this is this brings me to the love of God, right? Yeah. Because of my relationship with my parents, I could not understand the love of God being so unconditional. Right. So I thought I had to do things to earn God. Once I crossed the threshold where I realized that, okay, you don't have to perform like this is your father. You. Because you know, sometimes people who have better father and son relationship in this world can understand how God can be their loving father. Yes. It's much easier. It's much easier. Because you can just liken it to your so, parents. So okay, this is how my father... I could not understand it. I was just like, ah, ah. please let us move on from fatherhood. So what, what informed the decision to move to to Lagos? Presenting, honestly. I just wanted to be a TV presenter. Where did that dream come from? Because you're a timid girl. Honestly, I don't even know. You know, I was timid, like, internally. I was very, yeah. like, outspoken, very vocal, very mm -hmm. loud. Mm -hmm. You know, so it was... I saw this audition. A friend of mine, Charles, had sent me... An audition for Charles Lina, already a friend KGT. from Abuja. Yes. Went to the same university. But Charles was at Nabuja. Yeah, too. so he studied library science or something. So mm -hmm. our departments were sort of over across from each other. Mm -hmm. So he sent me this um uh like information about like an audition for I think it was MTV VJ Search even. And then I went to that. I passed a few stages, but I didn't make In it. In Abuja. In Abuja. Then it was MTV Base, BJ Search. And then um, that was the first time I ever saw Ehis. He was, I think he was already on yeah. MTV Base. So he was one of the guys that were just, the you know, it, yeah. yeah. And then I got this other um, information for an audition for Linda KG TV. And I auditioned. I did like, I was so, I went and carried camera crew, <laughs> shot an audition, wrote his scripts. And the audition did so well. Mm -hmm. I think if you scroll down my page, I, I I feel like I can still remember the scripts. The scripts I, yeah. I can still recite it. And I realized that I was really good at it. Like, you know how you just see that ah, you're thing. so good at something that the desire to now become that thing now sort of yeah. sparks up. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm so good at this. So I came to Lagos, went back for a couple, like stage one, stage two, you know, those kind of back in the day. Mm -hmm. And stage one, stage two, to stage waiting, I shall know, they shall not pick me. Like, even though I'd go to the final mm -hmm. eight or something, right. they shall not go with me. 
and that was I went back to Abuja. Abuja. Then I heard about another call for Inside Out with Agatha, and then I came to Lagos. Inside you audition for Inside Yeah, so like the um, I think Agatha was retiring, so she was you now. You have been on this thing for a bra, while. So like I was like, oh, I came and auditioned for Inside Out with Agatha, and mm-hmm. I was. So good that they now put me in the house. So there was it was kind of like a house, like mm-hmm. a reality thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't win, but they really and I was cooking for them, India. I trust you. <laughs> so I didn't win, but when I came out, they were like, Oh, we'd like to give you a job in Rift TV. And the job was now pretty much to host the cooking segment of a breakfast show called Morning Rave. So while I was in that inside house with Agatha reality thing, Breakfast King, a company had sponsored the inside out Sagata. So the owner of Breakfast King came that day. His name is Bioye. And they gave us food. And I ate the money. And I gave him feedback. <laughs> Honestly, that what was it. So it was, I just told him that, oh, I feel like the batter needs this. I, you know, I just gave him like constructive mm-hmm. feedback. Mm-hmm. And that was how we became friends from there. And he now used to just like check in to like ask me, oh, what's up, you know? Yeah. What do you think about this? So we're trying this new menu and things mm-hmm. like that. Now, I was now doing this job at Rave TV, but maybe girl was still asleep. I used to go for movie audition. I used to do wakapas here and there. Uh, I used to do wakapas. You know, I was still doing like other things. Mm. And I was doing that job primarily also because I did not have house. So they were housing me. Oh, Rave? Yes, Rave. They had this apartment. Saying? You know, so they were housing me there. Where? Me and Charles were walking there. So where were you guys living? Ilupedu. Right. So to be close to be close to work. Yeah, to be close to work. Ah. <laughs> you, try- you, you Charles had a Rave TV era. That's yes. true. So you you also worked there. I worked in Rave TV at the same time actually. And how much did they pay me that time? Twenty five k or something like. That. Your TV jobs were always like that. Bro, and I was always bad with money. Trust me. Because so you spend. I, 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 yeah, we had the money. Sissy girl. Don't you know, so, you know, I did that. And then I'm like, ah, I cannot stick here. I have to find another that will be giving me money. Mm-hmm. As God, we have it. Bioye now told me that they got a job to do lunch for Linkage Assurance. They were a breakfast company, but now they were telling them that, oh, we want you to do lunch for us for, you know, about 200 people every day. And he's like, oh, do you think you can handle this? I say, yeah, I can handle it. I trust you. Nothing we are doing But by this time, I just said, were you cooking... Like, were you cooking seriously? Yes, no. I used to cook. I used to cook for... Inside out Stagata, when they were doing their taping, mm-hmm. you know, they used to feed the um, people. And I used to cook for them. I mean, I wasn't getting, like, paid per se for mm-hmm. that. But they used to give me money to buy the ingredients, everything, everything to cook. So I used to do that. And this was off just your experience with your mom? No culinary skills? Yes, no, skill, no. No nothing. culinary skills, nothing. You know, so I was cooking. I was cooking for that one. I was doing, like, 400 people every two mm-hmm. weeks or something like that. And then I now started working with Breakfast King. So I was doing that Breakfast King work. So I was now doing Rave TV work. Breakfast King oh, work. Ah, <laughs> yes. When I used to hear people read about people doing two jobs. Mm-hmm. On, we did um, like three, four. My sister. I mean, my brother. I say, so I would, I was in Breakfast King. So Breakfast King, my job was pretty much, I wake up at 3 a.m. I would make vegetable sauce that they would take for breakfast. Then... I would continue like my prep. Then maybe if I if I had extra time, if I finished early, I could go back to sleep and wake up at um, five and then come back down and start making lunch. So I used to make about four meals every day for 200 people. So maybe an average of 100 people per pot, things like that. So I'm making a fan soup. Yes, I was still doing TV. 
So I make afang soup, this, this, this. So on the days that I had to do my inst- my TV um, thing, I would do the vegetable sauce. I would go to um, Rave TV. Then I would come mm. back. Then I would, you know, so I would make the food, pack the food, then quickly go shower, dress up. And then I would follow them to Linkage Assurance in Lucky Face One. Mm-hmm. I would serve the food. So like, you know, people come in, I, I stood, I would serve the food. When we're done, pack up, go back to the mainland. Some days I'll go to the market, you know, to sort of restock and things like that. Eventually, over time, we got a staff that used to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty much just supervising. But the cooking, the serving, everything, I did that till I, I resigned. So while I was still there, I did, I did that for almost a year. Then I resigned. In the process of me resigning, I told the owner of Rift TV at the time that, oh, I have to go to Abuja because I'm dealing with a lot and all that and all that. Then I went to, you know, Abuja. So While back. I was in Abuja, yes, I Why? was ready to move back because I was just done. I was, I was tired of suffering. But you the, served. The, yes. Hilda. The Wala was too much, you know. Mm. So when I went back, I had put in, you know, an application to have my show my own show on Pop Central TV. So they had this uh, mutually beneficial contract mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. they had co-creators. So technically they don't pay you, yeah, but, but they give you like a platform to do your own show. I mean, I'm a, yes. all I need I is a platform. Yeah. You know, yeah. so when I went back to Abuja, Rave TV now told me that they fired me. So technically I resigned from Breakfast King, lost my job at Rave TV, was in Abuja. Then they told me that I should come to Lagos to come and do a taping, like a pilot shoot for show. my show. It was called Dine on a Budget. That mm-hmm. was the, the brief I had sent yeah. in. And I went and I did the pilot shoot and it did so well that they said, okay, they would give me a slot. It was a Sunday slot live from, I think, 4.30 to 5.30 or something like that. And, you know, basically I was required to handle everything that had to do with the show. They yeah. gave me, obviously, the camera crew, the space, mm-hmm. Then I had to get the guests yes. and everything else. So my the idea of the show was I had a mixologist, I was cooking, and I just wanted it to be so much fun. So I'm like, oh, how do I get people to come here if I'm offering them good food, good cocktails, things like that? So most of your favorite celebrities, they check their DMs. I mean, I'm I was on that show. <laughs> yes. I and mean, like... It's so funny yeah. that I thought that you were going to end up as a TV presenter. Yes. I, honestly, because... Because I did that for about two so years. so good. Like, you'll be cooking... You would ask us random questions. Yeah. And you had some quality guests. Like yeah, you, I did. You already had celebrities on your yes, show. Yes, actually. Like half the, the celebrities actually knew at the time. Mm-hmm. It was from doing that show. It was mm-hmm. sending them DMs. Sometimes I'll be so fortunate they'll mm-hmm. respond. I remember Chigo, um, Linda Osefo, mm-hmm. you know, um, then told Tony at the time. Elozenam came on my show before he went to Big Brother. Mm-hmm. Um, Erica, you know, yeah. Ehiz was on my show. Mm-hmm. Tony Ego, um, Tosin Ego was mm-hmm. on my like. So I had quite a number of like yeah. really good guests, and they were so Bimbo Ademoye was on mm-hmm. my show at the time, and they would come and they would have such a good time. They'd be like, "Oh, I'll tell my friend." Yes. You know, obviously yes. that friend is a celebrity. So yeah. I'll tell my friend. I'll tell my friend, and that was how I was getting you know more. And my sister, the food was so good that and she, the food even was if you don't come before, she tell you about the food. <laughs> so the, I feel like that was always the thing. That Oh, yeah. can cook. You get a cook. I like, she did cook die. The first time I came on the show, because I came from it, you know, we all were coming up at the time. Yeah. I, I know you on Instagram. I used to follow. I said, let me go and support my friend. Even at the cooking show, I never hear cooking show. What is she won't cook? Because I never saw you as a chef. I saw you as yeah. a TV presenter. Yes, true. So I'm just like, maybe she just wants a show that at least she just, just do something. <laughs> my sister said, they cook the food. I said, it's in the center. They say, ah. 
for this person we did. And I don't know how it was so fast, so well done. I don't I think yeah, I used to make like fascinating things in one hour. Less than one hour, like yeah. thirty something minutes. We we'll have a break. Actually, the cooker you could just with us. Yeah, it was it was like good times. Eh, I said this girl. Then I now went back to your Instagram and I realized I used to actually do it. Yes, as work. Yeah. So I, I mean, my brother and I had started my food. My food. It was my food at the time. Before we graduated from university. He had graduated. I was wow. still in like my 300 level. Sort of around that time. Mm. That was when, oh, my 400 level. He had graduated and that was, we started it. But when he had to go for service, I had to like do my own, like go back mm. to school, mm. things like that. That was, we did it for like two years or a year plus And we stopped, you know. And then I was doing, you know, this show. But I didn't have a job. So I was yes. still, yeah. So I was still going for auditions. I was still taking small. I didn't have like a paying gig. Because this wasn't this a paying was not paid, gig. This was visibility for you. It was more visibility. And you were, you're not running the food business? No, I had not started. So then my friend, Evelyn, who was my producer at the time, she was mm-hmm. working at Pop Central. And then we became friends. I remember that time. I remember saying one time in an interview where mm-hmm. I didn't have a house. And people were like, oh, she's playing the poverty card. And it was just weird because at the time, I had a house. Obviously, I have a house in my mother's house in Abuja. Yeah. But in I, had, I didn't have a house here in Lagos. So I remember, you know, coming and doing the taping for the show. And then wanting to go back to Abuja same, like, night. And Evelyn's like, why are you in such a hurry? That was... We had met. We had known each other for like a month or something. Oh, this Evelyn interior. Yes, oh. this Evelyn. And we had met and we had known each other for like a month. And we were not friends. She was just working, you know. And I told her that, oh, I don't have anywhere to stay. So I have to go back. Then I'll come back again, mm. you know. And she's like, ah, I don't think you should go back this night. So then come to, to my house. To yes. She was like, come to my house. And <sighs> then I went to her house. And that was when we sat, we talked. I told her like, my life, life history, you know, things like that. And I kid you not, Timison, I stayed with Evelyn for about three months, almost four months till I got my first house. Till I saved up to get like my first cubicle where I was staying. God bless Evelyn. God bless Evelyn, honestly. And I remember that time she used to just always tell me that, don't worry, I feel like you're going to do so great. Yeah. I feel like you're going to do so well. And I believe that this food thing is actually your thing because you're so good at it. And she would tell her friends that, ah, Hilda cooks really well. So they would order for me and I would make some food. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a brand. I didn't have a name. Mm-hmm. I didn't have my own house. But I was just doing it. When she brings, tells people to order from me, they would order, I will make the food. And she would help me with like delivery and things like that. And then I got this job in like a retail, fashion retail company. So I did that. I was like the manager of their offline store. Mm-hmm. I did that for another 10 this months. This was post-Pop Central. So the yeah, show I was ended. still doing Pop Central. Simon, I said I worked two jobs for like three years. You know what's so interesting about you? <laughs> and I'm not saying it because you're here. It's like, even at that time, you were so driven. Like, it, were it didn't feel like I was suffering. It didn't feel like it. Everybody was hustling, but you were so... And even, like, you used to say the things that you wanted to do. Yeah. Even at that time. And yeah. it felt like, huh, this get dream to be good. Like, <laughs> I swear, like... I remember telling them at Pop Central, Yinka and Bola, that I wanted to do Guinness World Record. This was four years ago. I remember telling would, them at the time. They were probably like, this one. You know, no, funny, they were very encouraging. But now that I see how much dedication it took to 
do Guinness, but I could not have I've pulled done it, it off then. then. Yes, yes. You know? know, God allows things like that. To yeah, happen. but that's uh, how far back my yes, dreams, yes, you know, yes, were. Yes, yes. So you had Pop Central. Mm-hmm. You had your other job, and you were working simultaneously. When did Pop Central end for you? Because you did a couple of seasons, right? Yeah, I did. I think I did about three seasons or four, even. Well, because you wanted to be a TV presenter. I so how did you to... get to the point where you just made the decision that, you know, I I'm going to leave this, I'm going to focus on something I else. I prayed. I listened. I feel like God had spoken to Evelyn, spoken through my brother, because my brother had constantly told me mm-hmm. that, you know, I should sort of try to focus on food for a bit. Evelyn said, you see that exposure you're looking for? I feel like you get it when you start to cook. And I went through a really traumatizing experience. And when I, I feel like when I had started to come out of that, Mm -hmm. in 2021, I decided to take my business seriously. So I created an Instagram page. My brother called his graphics designer to help me come up with a logo and, you know, everything. And I printed nylons. I got a dispatch bike because I, I saved up some money. Mm. I got a dispatch bike and I just, I started. I honestly just started. Just from I started, piece. yeah. I mean, I didn't have any customers, but I started posting food that I was making for my friends because I used to always cook for my friends. Mm. So I started, I started posting food that I'd made for my friends. My brother and I were living together in our cubicle so he would every time i'm cooking he'll come and be hyping the food he'll be like this is the best you know he would talk about it and those videos really did well and over time as i started i'm not even joking almost instantly because i started around covid mm, and that was it you, you know, know he has to say that you know god works in serious yes he does you know the thing where we say go blow us not be the tv um, t- see, see blow i us. feel like God has an interesting sense of humor. Yes. Just because he, he'll just be looking at us and you'll just be doing what you can so and you'll be like, yeah, well, yeah, do you know what? Just when you're done, when it's you're done with yourself. all of that nonsense. You'll come and do what I want come you to do. Come and do what. Oh, God. Because it could have, you could have blown from TV. I could have. You could have I just moved from. You know what I say? You have all it takes. You're yes. very eloquent. I would write a script. Like, even till now, I feel like it's good for me now because when I do ads mm, and I, yeah. you know, I go for like, Commercial shoots mm. and things like that. This call me one take queen. You it's like, oh, one time. Girl, you were one, like, as you did cook here, you did turn face the camera, you did talk here. <laughs> There's no let us take it again. It's back to this thing. Like, it was really mind, like, like ah. it was just straight. Like, it was just going. And it was very, it was really incredible. So, I started doing food. Food was doing really well. I was making money. So, like, delivering to delivering people's houses. Delivering to people's houses, offices. Bulk meals. I was sending meals abroad. Like people would ah. order food. I would freeze food for days and send it abroad. People buy order food from yeah. People bring it UK. From... People want to travel. They be like, oh, I'm traveling next tomorrow. Can you me freeze the moi moi? You know and ah, and let me tell you, the, the beauty, it's still bad. Let me tell you the beauty of, me while, though, of this okay. life is my mother's business had dwindled down. Really? So at this time, you were the one. My mother had not started Calabapot again. I was doing my food by Hilda. I think my mommy opened her business page when I was maybe on like 30k followers or like 50k followers. Okay, so th- it was now you th- that was doing the f- Was she supporting you? Was she helping? No, I, I mean, I'm here. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But she's now trying. And I remember having a conversation with my mommy and reminding her that, mommy, you did this thing. 
you trained us through the best schools through because she had become really downcast and she's like you know how you were doing something and then you you've not been doing it again and then now you've come to a new age it's now Mm -hmm. instagram you're now you don't know how to do content and i'm like mommy you can't do it so that time i'll be posting my mommy on my page i'll be posting i'll be posting i'll be posting and i'll be like mommy don't worry just keep at some days she said you don't get any order i say mommy is it not you the food is good you'll get there now she sells out every day over a hundred. I don't know if she has got two hundred k followers. She has a lot of followers on Instagram. Yes, people know. Like there are people that may not have known me. Obviously, they know me now. Yeah. But before now, they may not have known me, but they knew my mom. Yes. Like mm. from her page, mm. you know. And she has again, and my mother's daughter. She has a very vibrant, exciting, yes. mm. interesting personality. Mm. So I feel like God was like, "Your blessing is in this food. Mm. Just focus on it." You know. So I started doing the business, and I ju- I was just I kept at it. In between that, I got the opportunity to host a show for a telecoms company. Was it the Jollof show? No, 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 no. Before, long before Jollof. Oh, MTN. Yes. Oh, that's you true. You know, so I got to do that. I was still doing my business and I would go to the mainland. I would do the show. I would come back. I would pack as many others as I could. Then I'll come back. So for like two days straight, I'll be cooking from morning till night because I used to do, yeah. fulfill all the others that I had packed How up. did that show go? It went really well. It, it was good, mm. you know. It, it was good. Tell me about opening my food by Hilda. You know what was interesting? It's one thing for you to just book in online. It's one thing to not finally say, I'm establishing this business as a physical entity. You can walk yeah. in and... How did that happen? How much so, money did you even make to the point where you can now say, I'm going to get a space in Lekki? Ah, uh, my dear. And also, please talk about your You know, I was teaching. Your classes. My sister, that class is when I hear how much you did cash out for that <laughs> class is there. I got to find something where I'm going to teach people. Oh. I was teaching and I feel like, I don't want to sound cliche, but God, honestly, I would say blesses you even more when your intentions are good. Because when I started teaching, I swear to you, I didn't think about money. Like, I wasn't mm. thinking about the profits of teaching. It was that I had been on TV and on TV, I was teaching people to cook. Well, I didn't get the opportunity to do that anymore because mm-hmm. I was no longer on TV. And I kind of still wanted an audience. So I was still posting recipe videos on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And that was what gave rise to people now asking me, oh, do you teach? Do you teach? Do you teach? And then I sort of put out information for my first online class. And, you know, I remember I said it was 50K or something like that. And then... My brother is like, how are you going to be charging people 50K? You're just starting out. Blah, 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 blah. And we did this whole video where he's like, price slash from 50K, 15,000 naira. I remember then, I think I was teaching like 20 recipes. Look at me now that he's about to teach 160 recipes. But, but, but Hilda, are you not worried that, you know, if you teach people too much, they'll come Sabia, does he not take anything from you? Oh, that's not a fear for me. You know why? Because I didn't learn from anyone. Mm. Per se. You know, so it's like, Half the things that I know, I learned from experience. I made mistakes. I mm. practiced. I, you know, and I just kind of feel like if we don't teach, like I, I don't want what I know to die with me. I honestly don't because ideas are not like they're not um specific to just you. As you're thinking, the universe is also giving other people these same ideas. Mm. Maybe they're not in the same country as mm-hmm. you, but. I just, 
earnestly like I feel like one of the days that I decided to take teaching so seriously that I decided to add costing to my class was a lady had tried to order food for me like bulk order for an event and I gave her the bill and she was like "Uh uh-uh somebody here is charging 85k for this same package and my heart bled for the person I didn't know who that person was but I was like, I know that there's no way this person is making money. And this person would do this business. This person will keep doing... This person will be busy every day. So the money will be flowing through your account. Mm-hmm. But your lifestyle is not going to change. Right. Because you're not doing it properly. And I'm like, no. Nah, like, I don't think this is cool. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is when you now make money, people say, oh, you're doing money laundry. Mm. Or you're doing this. Or you're doing that. There's no way in hell you can be making this kind of money. Because they're doing the same business and they're not making that right. kind of money. Right. And they're probably busier than you. Right. They probably cook every other weekend and you're you're not even as busy as they are. Mm. And I'm like, no, I feel like this is information that people need to know. And not everybody is as exposed to be able to afford to go to Lagos Business School or go to Harvard <clears throat> Business School or basically just learn like the costing and the business side of it. So I'm like, no, like people can actually like really learn from this and you you kind of get the credit in at the end because it's like yeah because it's so interesting that you know all the things that you you know you learned by the way even the business side of it even the YouTube the classes and you know you're not giving back to people for almost a token if you really ask me and it's honestly a token because mm. you know I saw a comment one day where I was like oh you know um for this new class where I'm like oh mm. you, you someone would win a car and this and that and Someone is like, oh, how much does she even have that she's giving out all these things? And this person already probably knows the winner or the owner of this car. And I was going to respond, but then I thought about it and I'm like, honestly, look at the the place that we live in today. It's honestly what happens every other day. Mm. But when it comes down to it, I don't feel the need to defend myself to these people because I know that, like, I know who I am. I know what I'm doing. I know that it's transparent. I know that I'm doing my due diligence. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's good enough for me. So it doesn't, I don't care for it. But for me, it was, you know, doing the classes. I started doing the classes and then I started making money from the classes. And I'm like, oh, this is actually something you can make money from. What did I do? I started telling my friends that you guys should actually teach people what you know mm. because you te- you you share the knowledge so you create space to learn more things and you actually also get to make money from it as well. I feel like people are so scared to to admit that they are getting paid. Yeah. And that's a very bad culture in Nigeria or even in the world where you deserve to get paid when you're giving value. value yeah. Like you can ask anybody that has worked with me or my team or anything else. I believe in paying people. You would never pay somebody their worth or their value, but I believe people should get paid. And because I believe people should get paid and they should be paid well, I believe I should get paid. So I'm not going to apologize for making money. I'm not going to do that because in truth, I'm giving value. I'm teaching you yeah. something that if you apply properly and correctly, you would make 10 times the money you think you're paying me. Mm. You know, so if you want to sit around and focus on how much I could possibly be making mm-hmm. as opposed to the what value and the get, knowledge yeah. that you can get from it, that's your business. Like, I can't be, I can't apologize for that. Energy. You know, I'm not no. going to try to convince you either. Mm-hmm. While you're there calculating how much I could potentially be making, mm-hmm. Other people are, you know, learning, getting value from it, starting a business and then Mm. making money for themselves. Like it, especially for women, I'm so like, I'm so concerned about women because 
the mindset and the notion like what we learn when we're growing up when you start to make your own money a lot of things start to change how you see life starts to change like achieving certain goals like being successful at certain things makes it opens up the possibilities of the other things that you can achieve Mm. oh i did the cookathon and Mm. i broke the record and i got the record Mm. i got the recognition now I feel like, oh yeah, I can take Nigerian recipes across the world. So I want to do a food tour and go to different countries. Mm. Because I've been able to be successful at this one mm-hmm. thing, it now allows me to see that there's a lot more mm-hmm. possible for me. I don't have to box myself in and yeah. feel like, oh, mm. once I open that small store in Lucky Face One, I'm okay. No, mm. I can open that small store. I can open a bigger store. Mm-hmm. I can be in other countries as well. I can sell like other products. Like there's so much, like the possibilities are endless. I just Mm -hmm. need to allow myself to, you know, dream these dreams and Mm -hmm. put in the work to actually do it. You know, so for me, I feel like the more you teach people, it Mm -hmm. just allows them to see that Mm -hmm. it's possible. Amazing. This is so inspiring. Let's let's talk about the cookathon, right? Mm -hmm. So, why do I feel like we've been talking for like five hours? Yeah, that's what happens on TV. (laughs) Okay, so like, let's talk about the cookathon. So you're going to the point where you're, Instead of making money from your food, you're focused on the food. Mm-hmm. Um, your classes are going well. What day did you just sit down and realize that, you know, I had this dream. Or do you think it's time to, to push it? Holy Spirit. Today, that, um, Holy Spirit, collect your credits. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so. Collect your credits. That not your spirit to say it's It was time. just there. It yeah. was like, now is the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can afford to do this now. Mm. You've lost the weight. <laughs> You know, so I feel feel like you have an audience, you have, you know, I I wouldn't call, at the time I wouldn't say I had fans, but I had people. I had, I had had trained over 6,000 students at the time. You know, yeah. So it's like, there were people that knew me and believed in my ability and would bet on me at Mm. the time. So I felt like, Honestly, there's no, yes, I had a community and I'm like, there's no better time than now, you know? And I said, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to say this to someone. Depending on their response to this, I'll know if like it's going. Mm. And I had a conversation with Noe. And funny, I met Noe from teaching. She was my student. I think I need to join the class. Yeah, she was pregnant at the time. Her husband would bring her to my house. I'll teach oh, so you had her. physical classes? Yeah, I did. I did maybe like two or three physical classes. Oh, wow. And I told her about it and she's like, I told her everything. I, I gave her the entire like um, plan, my grand plan, how I wanted it to be, how I wanted it to go, basically the entire idea. And she's like, this is amazing. I'm going to call someone now. We're going to have a meeting. And then she called someone. And then there was three of us and we created a WhatsApp group. And that was how that WhatsApp group continually grew, mm-hmm. you know, for about seven months. You know, obviously the planning stages of the cookathon, and I, I honestly just felt like it was time. Well, there were times where I felt like it was it was a bad My idea. Decision, yeah. It was a terrible Why? idea, just cause it was costing too much. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was pulling out a lot of my safety net resources, you know. So I was doing that. And I, again, there was so much fear because as much as there were so many people rooting for me and believing in me, there were quite a number of negative, like, I think you're crazy. I don't think you mm-hmm. can do this. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at me, and like, oh, this cute girl, fine girl, nice yeah, body. This one. Okay, slay queen. <laughs> you yeah. know? And things like that. So it was, there was that as well. 
I remember the first meeting that you had at Econ. Yeah, when I was you were there. you were there. And I'm just like, oh my god, this is a laudable initiative. Like, but how is she fucking? Gonna how do is she it? going to pull it off? You know, there was that. And when I started, I think when we were about maybe like when I was maybe like sixty millionaire in ha. You, I called let's my come mother, back. and let's I'm come like, back. mommy. I don't think I I don't think this is wise. I that was when I told my mother. I was actually like sixty. My brother did not know how much the cocathon was costing. I want to bring you back a bit. I don't think Nigerians even understand how much money went into went into doing it. Because the space you first got to first of all, that's an expensive space. Yeah. The food, the cooking things and everything. Why so for you to take that kind of risk, what if you had not won? I'd start prepping myself for an event that I lost. You know, I had said, you know, I've I've I'd booked town therapy. Like I was already telling my therapist, so that prepare for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come back. You know, and just things like that. But it was so important to me to focus on the positive. So I didn't dwell too much on my negative thoughts. <laughs> when the negative thoughts got got me was when the cookathon itself actually started. started. I think I talked about that quite in a number of interviews. But before then, it was just like, I can't see the light at the end of this tunnel. Like, where did I even put myself in this? You know, it was that. But I was also very believing. Like, I remember having a meeting here at Econ and I'm like, I said to them, how the days were going to go. I told them, guys, this is what's going to happen. On day one, we'll have my family and friends, primarily my family and friends. Maybe the press that we've, you know, solicited for, the ones we've paid for, we'll have them there. We'll have a couple of my students, a few fans here and there, a few people that, you know, registered um, on the microsites. And day two, it'll be... A bit more chilled, but more people coming because it's weekend. Mm. It's a Friday. So we'll have a lot of people there. By day three, everyone will be like, I, I said, if I'm still there by day three, people everyone's going to be like, oh, she's serious. She's actually doing this. Yes. And then more people are going to be looking at their phones. Mm. And more people people are going to be saying, oh, I wonder how fast she's going to go. Mm. And I remember when I was trying to get like the betting companies to come on board, I said to them, this is when they'll start putting in their bets because people will now start saying she's going to stop at 72 hours you oh she's going on, to stop at it, that was the plan but obviously no yeah, betting yeah, company yeah, jumped on board yeah. but that was my they so my thing was from day three because technically it was five days but by hours it was four days mm. so I'm like yeah by day three people are going to start placing their bets more people are going to be interested if we're going to get any form of national recognition from day three that's where we're, that's when we're going to be everywhere, and. But how did you know all this? Did you, had you done research before? No, really, because in truth, no. But there is no Guinness World Record that has had has gotten this kind of attention. Yes, in crazy. the history of, it's never happened. So even when I was telling them, these I, I, I obviously I wasn't thinking the president was going to tweet at me and whiskey and burner boy and my you know, sister. It, it, I I wasn't thinking that far. Mm. It was just more that more people were going to be interested and you know yeah. more people were going to be invested in the journey and mm. you know it was more that because again it was so important to me to not think about 
Yes, they, public yeah. like oh you're be, about to become a star because mm. in an event that that doesn't happen, I had how to manage my expectations. expectations in terms of how far my personality was going to mm. go, you know, from this. So because it was, it must, it must have been lots of mind, mind, mind like, over like, myself, my brother. So, so how did you pick your team? Because you had a fantastic team that <sighs> stood by you, like they were. You know, beyond the people that actually came to show support, you had a very strong team. I yeah. remember the guy that got popular, the chef that works with you, that was constantly Sonny, by your yeah, side. Sonny had worked with me. He had, he's, he still works at the restaurant, actually. So he had worked with me from the time I opened the restaurant. So I think he had worked with me for about a year. And um, but I'd say primarily putting the Alpha team together was nowhere's doing. Mm-hmm. I had to sell the dream to them. Nowhere made the conversations the charge, happen. Yeah. She called, like, she pretty much called every... I remember we had called a particular PR team. They were like, oh, come back to us when she's, she has... The dream is already well on its mm, way, you know? Mm. Not now. I I we don't to like do to jump on things. Let me, please, so I have to be forgiven. I was going through <laughs> mental, mental health issues, please. Yeah, actually, Teresa was like... I was supposed to host, but I was mentally one. I wasn't there. Like, even yeah. coming out to the cookhouse, I'm just like, if I don't support you, that she would think that this is beyond. <laughs> so please let me officially apologize for not... And that's that the thing. You. So I feel like quite a number of people, like a number of people felt the need to apologize to me. Yeah, like brands. Mm-hmm. I feel like for me, and I don't like to lie, maybe there's just one brand that you pay me small that you do not come on board yeah. just because I had, not, it wasn't about them. It was because I just really liked the product. Yeah. And I had pretty much been championing that product just because I really liked it. Mm-hmm. So in truth, if you think about it, I was very much representing that brand. So it hurt me a bit that they didn't jump on board. But other than that, I don't go in, go through life assuming that people owe me anything. Because yes. I know that you're not going to get good treatment just because you're good. That's not how life works. So you said you know, treated so, you bad. Sorry? You said treated you bad. No, 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 no. I don't think you treated me bad because again you didn't air me. You, mm. you were in my first meeting. Mm. And I sort of knew that again... You can ask the people on the team. I went into this. Everybody was going to get paid. So I, nobody, I, I, I was, you know, so for me, it was, it's, I considered the, how much effort it was going to take from you. Because mm-hmm. it means you're going to be there. Initially, they wanted different hosts. I said yeah. to them, we're not mm-hmm. doing that. We want one person or two people that are there from the first day till the last day. Because it's like, I needed to show on their faces as well that we've been through a journey. Because yeah. this is not a joke. It's mm-hmm. not a glamorous event. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's glamorous maybe when you look at it from the outside. Mm-hmm. But in truth, the people that are experiencing this entire mm. journey, this is mm. it's not glamour. Yeah. This is we're working. We're going to be suffering. You wouldn't sleep. Like, and you have to take notice of every single thing that is happening. So I knew that it was a huge commitment. Mm. And if you're not mentally there, you may not be able to give it your all. So mm. honestly, I wasn't, there were no hard feelings. At a point, I told the PR guys, like, stop reaching out to brands. I don't, I don't want it anymore. Because once you keep doing that and you're getting a lot of negative feedback, it starts to almost reflect down, on yeah. the dream. Mm. So you now start to look at the dream from the point of negativity, yes. from the negative um, feedback that you're getting and I did not want that because mm. I, I kind of I bet on this and I knew that it was what you know it was what the investment it was what my time so I, I just said to them you know don't talk to anybody again we'll pay for it but let's just see how we can get it like well on its way and off the road and let's just get it done once we're done we can figure everything else out let's talk about the event itself so yeah. day one of Kokaton mm-hmm. what where was your mind at and 
you know, for the, f- the first day, it was still, people were still getting into it, like, what's going on? By the second day, it was already a topic of conversation. By the third day, as you had predicted, everybody was, wanted to yeah. be part. I mean, now I hear it's just because I, I didn't experience it. Me, I was because cooking. Because you were cooking. I was inside but, there. By the time you were seeing everybody coming, the celebrities, the governors, everybody, what were you feeling like? I wasn't feeling like anything because I was just trying to make it through. You were you, probably yes. numb. Yeah. At a point, like maybe from like the ending of day three, I couldn't really see anybody. You know, I don't know. I couldn't make out anybody. I could make out my family and friends. I could make out the flashlights, but I couldn't really make out that much. Jesus Christ. You know, so it was I honestly I used to say I don't want to make it sound so extreme, but in a way I was in a sense I was fighting for my life there because at that point I was not going to quit. I had already done three days. There's no way I'm going to quit at 72 hours. There were times where I wanted to, but back in my head, it's like, you've already... Co- it's just like when you go for a meeting and you've waited mm. for like two hours and it's a meeting that you know that you've you you've need. spent a lot, you suffer to get that meeting. Mm-hmm. You're not going to leave because you've waited for two hours because it means the two hours you've spent become useless. Right. So for me, that was kind of how it was. So it's like, you've done three days, you're not going to back back out now but that's the only thing that stayed fresh in my memory everything else was just i just need to i just need to live i just i just need to survive and get through this and then obviously seeing everybody there i said it in like the promo videos i'm I'm going to be drawing from your strength i actually did like there were times when i didn't have any energy or just looking at everybody there, especially there was this day that it rained so much mm-hmm. in the night and they were under the rain mm-hmm. with me. This was me concerned that they were under the rain. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, just keep cooking. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to waste this effort. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't have stayed under the rain mm-hmm. only for me to stop now. I have to finish. You, you know one thing that your, your cookathon showed me is how I miss the chaos in Nigeria. We're very patriotic people. We love ourselves. We are. We just, we're just faced with a lot of stress and you know but you, you could see how everybody rallied even even people that probably didn't believe at the beginning or it's just a thing where this is our own now like, and i feel like it wasn't even for clout like it wasn't even a yes, clout thing yes, it was yes it was very much this is for us this is for us like yes. it, that was, i feel like that's what still stays with me like mm. this thing is for us like mm. this if she makes so it was very everybody sort of personalized that yes. success yes. That, ah, yes. if she does this thing mm. you know i remember like till today i go out and then they're older women reach me and they're like oh my son was watching you all the time and he would come and say mommy pray for hilda and so down when kids are invested mm. it's I said I wanted to make history. Like this is history that I would be so proud yes, to always tell my children. Books. Like to like to just be like, yeah, we did that. Like at the end of the when they recount the years, like a Nigerian did that. Mm. Like this one is for Nigeria. We actually mm. did that. So, did you know that they were going to take some hours from you because you you ended up doing over a hundred? I predicted that they would take some minutes. That maybe I just so the extra forty minutes. That 100 hours, so it was 100 hours and 40 minutes. Mm. That extra 40 minutes was just in an event that maybe we made mistakes somewhere. But I knew how meticulous the entire team, because we had a team of about 100 people. 
out of that hundred, like forty something were dedicated to checking time, mm-hmm. waking me up, making sure that I was there, making sure I was on my feet, I was staring, mm-hmm. I was, you know. So it's like having that many heads do something. The chances of like error is very minimal. Mm-hmm. But I'm like in an event that we had an error cannot be more than this forty minutes. Mm-hmm. Only to find out that it was five minutes, and they debited me. Seven Seven hours. hours. But let me tell you how amazing God is. Is in when I took that five minutes. You know, people were screaming that, ah, Guinness, you people took seven hours for just five minutes. Do you know that the reason why they took seven hours was because the five minutes I had taken, I took it six hours into my attempt. So that extra five minutes, I took it after my first six hours. So what that meant was that my attempt only started counting after that five minutes. Wow. So Timisan, if I took that five minutes, 72 hours in, the 72 hours I took before that five minutes would have been shaved off. Hallelujah. God, I thank you for my friend. <laughs> hey! How, can I, I'm, so, imagine yeah. after all these efforts and you don't end up getting it. I feel just faint. <laughs> It's, it's so amazing to see. I feel collapse. And what what was your reaction when everybody started doing the cookathon thing? Do you know that for me, at the the first, um, I think the first person was Chef Dami, and I guess in of all of them, she got like the most like recognition and you know because she was the very first person to attempt mm-hmm. right after, mm-hmm. and. It wasn't at the time when she did her attempt. I had gone through like an entire social media, you know, you know, I had been dragged for something else. Then so I was still Okay, we'll get to that. <laughs> you know, and then um I was still trying to make sure that my evidence was completely and correctly submitted. So at this time, You're not interested. this was not See, I know they think um, like it wasn't even at the top of my mind. It wasn't top of mind at all. But I, if it was me, I'd feel more flattery because you literally. But by opened... the time it, the more it happened, me, I like starting things mm-hmm. and then people do it yes. because for people to do what you're doing, it means that it means that you're doing something mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wish more people could see it like this it because was a pandemic. it just honestly means that you're doing something so right. That people are with. Do you know what it is to decide that you want to cook for days? Hmm. There's financial implication. Yes. There's physical implication. I don't know about other people, but the team that I had to, we had to put together to make that happen, it wasn't easy. It took us seven months to plan the cookathon. Just seven planning, months. not preparation. Just plan. It took seven months to plan. So it's like doing that. I'm like, for someone to decide that they want to do that. It means you've done something incredible. Though. Mm. I cannot be angry. Try no, away. I, I, so I, I, I said, I'd rather see it as flattery. I was so flat. Every time someone, I would blush. I would honestly blush. I because used to blush. after the cooking, it started the whole, like people were doing kissing. People Kiss were Kiss-a-thon. Doing... There were different kinds of athons. <laughs> it was not even became cruise where people were just having a it good time. It was different kinds of athons. It was cryathon. Like there were so many. And it just, I feel like when I when I decided when I embarked on this journey, it honestly is what I wanted. Like, it's like, now, anytime someone needs to think of an athon, who started it? It's Hilda. It's a good thing. I it's an to, amazing thing. I want, so let me, I want you to give me proper context of okay. how you felt 
post the cookathon. I don't think it hit you until first of all, your numbers went in, in, in the millions. <laughs> you had you had used a week to establish yourself as a Nigerian personality. All the things that you've been working for years for happened within a week of doing what you really love. Yeah. And when you come out now, everybody knows Hilda. How, when did this start making sense to you? I just feel like with every new activity, it was beginning to dawn on me, you know. Maybe not the first day, maybe not the second day. But after the press conference, there was a clear-cut difference between my first press conference mm-hmm. and my second press conference. And then there were so many calls and they were I, I was overwhelmed at a point. You know, I had to be like, you guys need to chill. Like you you guys actually need to chill. I need, I need, I need a break. I need mm. to think. I need to. I wasn't still sleeping, you know, it was all that. So I feel like it wasn't a one-time thing. It was more with every passing day, as more things happened, as more people reached out to me, with every new picture I took with a fan or with someone that was very invested in my journey, mm-hmm. it just dawned on me that, oh yeah, you did a thing. Mm. Are you proud of yourself? I'm very proud. I'm very proud, but I don't dwell in the pride. Mm-hmm. I'd say that. I don't dwell in the pride just because I feel like I just feel like, oh, yeah, you've done this, but it means there's more to do. Mm. That means you can, for you to be able to do this, it means you can do a lot more. So it's like I need to now, it's like more more ideas. So every day I'm, I'm praying for more ideas and, you know, more zeal to be able to just do more and dream bigger mm-hmm. and achieve and actualize those dreams. Because it's just so much more to do. Yeah. Because they've been to whom much is given, much is expected. Much is so, expected. And just are looking, we're all looking what's going to be next. But yeah. I feel like you're already doing amazing. But no, but I don't put pressure on myself mm-hmm. on like what's going to be next. So the pressure is not from outside. It's more internal. within. It's very internal. Mm. Just, it's not like, oh, everyone's going to be looking mm. out for like what you're doing. I don't, like, yeah, they'll look out for you. When they don't see anything, they'll move on to the next person to look out for. That's not my problem. Mm. So for me, it's more, oh, like, you're doing th- there are different reasons why you're doing this. So there's a what and there's a why. There's a goal. So it's like whatever is going to get me to like achieve that. That's what I need to focus on. So it's more internal pressure. Yeah. That's an amazing state of frame of mind to be in. Like yeah. you know, just know your why. But internal pressure can be hard too. It is the worst thing that can happen to you, especially because like betting space. on yourself is very hard. Especially, especially this, when you're this level. betting on. Big dreams there. Because at this, at this level, the stakes are higher. You are now yeah. known across mm-hmm. the world, not just even Nigeria, because yep. this thing went viral. Yeah. And you know, like this, I mean, you're back to work doing the things that you like, of you're do, shooting content, but there's still, there should still be a part of you that just wants to, like, okay, what's next? There's that. But what's next for you, though? There's so much. I mean, um, <sighs> immediate. <laughs> I have, I have, a, dreamer, I'm, so. I'm still teaching okay. just cause I have a goal. I want my recipes, Nigerian recipes, primarily my recipes mm-hmm. to cut across. I want like people to think of Nigerian food and I want people to make Nigerian food in foreign households. Mm. And to do that, a lot of people need to know how to make this Nigerian food. So you need to take these recipes to them. That's one of the major reasons why I teach. 
I intend to take these recipes via, you know, festivals, like events, you know, across different countries. I do that. I want to take my food by Hilda across different countries. So amazing Nigerian food mm. ready to eat in different countries as well. I want to put, you know, dehydrated foods on the shelf. I want my own cookware line. There's there's so much it's that amazing. I want to do. I mean, they seem like really big dreams, but I feel like it's just, I try to take it one day at a time and just focus on the goal. Amazing. I'm so inspired by just even listening to you because, you know, the goalposts always keep shifting. It you know? will. Yeah. And to it, see that you will. actually on a, so it's one thing for you to actually know where you're going. And it's another thing for you to work at it. I think you're doing both. And I'm I'm so proud of you. I'm so Thank proud you. of the work that you have done over time. I'm and proud of you too. You've Thank come you a long so much, way. my friend. You actually have come a long way. You're and I like how I feel like I respect intentional people a lot because it takes a lot to get to this point to become a viral sensation and keep at it and make something of that, you know, viral moment and make it stand out and make it worthwhile. So you're not just the the guy that did the spin me, mm. may sweet me video. Mm-hmm. It's like there's much more to you now. So if I'm to ask you, oh what what have you done since that time? That like there's a lot more no. that you can say about yourself and say about your name and say about what you're doing and where mm. you're going. And that's not easy. It's mm. actually not easy, especially in this industry. Mm. Because there's so many distractions. It's so easy to get carried Girl, away. tell me about it. You know, there's a there's a strong desire to be liked. There's a strong desire to be relevant. You know, there's a... So, I just feel like it's so difficult to be in this space, become a viral sensation, and still mm. focus on the what and the why mm. and what your goals are and stick to them. So, I honestly, I respect you a lot for being able to do that. Thank you so you know, much. Thank you so much for having me. Cry. me. I had a good time. I didn't think uh, I was going to be talking for this long. Of course, this is you know? This is what we do here. We bring the tea as it is hot. But I, I thank you for sharing. And one of the things that I really wanted to talk about was your journey because I know you from way back. And mm-hmm. also so that anybody that's watching this thing is also also knows that you know, success takes time and it, it takes does. a lot of experience and growing and really? and to see that you finally got here with all the. I don't think you would have done this thing four years ago and gotten it right. So it was good that she went through the process that she went through. I honestly thought you were gonna blow from TV. Like I don't, a lot of people don't know that you did TV, but I thought you were gonna be. I even acted, I act film. <laughs> ah, different film. Yeah. No be one film. I try. You try, but God makes good things good in his time. And yes. Um, congratulations, Hilda. I can't wait for what you will do going forward. Um yes, as my TV presenter friend, please help me sign out of the show. Okay. Are we, are you are you recording? She is. <laughs> okay, let me, let me, should I cross my leg? Okay, let me stay like this. Hello, everyone. Um, Thank you so much. You've been on Tea with Tay with Hilda Bassi and the wonderful Tammy san I hope you had a good time, you know, listening to this episode, watching this episode. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, drop a nice comment. Let us know who you would want to see, you know, on this beautiful seat next week or, you know, anytime. Let us know any questions you'd like for us to ask them. Until next time, have an amazing day and goodbye. You see, present us to her body. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.